1: welcome to the crack house chronicles true crime podcast mm-hmm. i am donnie and with me is a man that wants everyone to know that johnny depp is the only person who could have used an amber alert <laughs> it's dale ain't that right Are you dang right buddy?
0: Mean, he said well shit why didn't my phone go off for this <laughs> it should have been blowing up and in flames
1: you got that right <laughs> man what's going on man i not not alive what's going on with you oh same old
0: same old Had to get a Little holiday weekend uh, last week
1: yeah we hope everyone had a good memorial day weekend holiday
0: yeah, it was nice we dropped a little early for you in case you could work around that yeah hope you enjoyed that
1: yeah i got it done a little early and took some relaxation time in
0: good for you yeah you work real hard on this stuff well i try
1: you do we try to give a good product out for our listeners and our fans and
0: i'm over here to lift you up buddy
1: well i appreciate you bud <laughs> i appreciate everything you do for me all right then i do you got any good shout-outs, anybody you want to talk about?
0: Uh, well, how about we got a couple, we'll mix it up a little bit today. We got a pretty good, uh, I guess it was an email on YouTube, is that what it was, email?
1: It was a comment on oh, a YouTube. Comment, a
0: comment on YouTube from M, that is letter M, Yak, Y-A-K, and uh, I'm going to say she because the picture was a she, but if it was a, a V or a, or a who or whatever, I don't want to. Anyone like who the did, person
1: is, like
0: we did, uh, Mike and Canada, <laughs> anyway. They uh love the channel and how we kind of talk about the case, like we're having coffee or slash beer together, or just hanging out. And kind of thinks it's funny how uh, Dale would be me is uh throwing some low key shade, low key shade. Well, you know, I don't get nobody to get sunburnt. You know? No, nah, no, nah. I'm trying to help out a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we got a Facebook comment from uh, Melissa Cowan. And we appreciate that. Thanks so much for your comment. It was on our uh, Candace Hiltz episode, and, uh, which is uh, 112. If you want to go back and check that out in our archives, and we'll definitely check that out. And finally, we want to uh, give big thanks and shout-out to Karen Collins Hilton. I guess it's Hilton, H-Y-L-T-O-N, for uh, Facebook recommendations. She's really in love with Dale Dunney, telling Ooh. good stories, true passion. Yeah, I just blew through that because I didn't want to tells good stories with true true passion and detail, and she recommends us to everyone who is looking for a true crime show.
1: Man, they just make us sound good. I'm they? telling you, if I'm they, loving that. You'll if they only again. knew. <laughs> if they only knew. Oh, we appreciate every one of you guys. Thanks so much. We do appreciate it, guys. And want to remind everybody to go to Apple Podcasts. If you're an Apple Podcasts listener, click on that five star and write something in the box. Yeah, man. We, we Challenge everybody to do that, this Apple we, listener.
0: We are getting no Apple love. Uh,
1: yeah, they haven't been much coming in the last couple of days. I know it's probably been a holiday, and yeah. everybody's been out of town and stuff. And that's cool.
0: That's a pain in the butt to do it. You have to go match a button or something.
1: Yeah, and write something in a box. <laughs> but if you do it, you get a shout-out.
0: Well, yeah, you do. Heck, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we are working tremendously and tirelessly and putting so much effort into getting on this Samsung free gimmick. Get the you can be able to get the podcast there. So we have done everything we can do, or excuse me, Donnie has done everything he can do on our end. We're just waiting for them to put it up. So yep. we'll be there soon.
1: Yep. Our podcast host says that it, everything is good on our end. I don't know why it's not going to Samsung podcast, but... Uh, Maybe it's just in the fold and, I don't know, going through their system.
0: But if you're listening to this, you pretty much know you can find it in a whole lot of places, but we're trying to get at least one more on the list.
1: Yep. We're just about on every podcast platform that you can imagine out there. And then some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some will show up and say, I have never heard of this podcast platform. (laughs) Yeah. But we appreciate everybody that listens. Like everybody, Andy. Yep. And if anybody wants to go to the website and drop some change in the jar for some gas money, we appreciate that, too.
0: Yeah, because that's going up. Yep every single day
1: yep keep the keep the car running keep the lights on we sure appreciate you we really do guys <laughs> all right Dale, we are going to um, get into our case this week let's uh, roll brother yep and we've got a another one's going to piss some people off
0: yeah mm-hmm. let me start with me
1: yep <laughs> Dale was researching this case that this is just another one that pisses me off yep why do you keep bringing bringing me these cases they just piss me off. I think you like that, don't you? Nah. Well, yeah, I like to see you get pissed off. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just the, the system, man. It's just it, the way it, things are run. And-
0: totally, man, because you just tell me a little bit of this. I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. And then next thing you know, okay, we got a kid. I'm like, Donnie, why do you keep bringing me this kid stuff? Well, you know, it's a good, it's a good story. So I'm like, all right, cool. as it's a good story. And then as we get into it more and research more, like, you know, if the system would have done its job, these three people would still be here.
1: Yeah, I agree
0: it's a it's pretty astounding actually
1: we have a a serial killer this week we hadn't done a serial killer in a while but
0: it's been at least what a week and a half
1: too. yeah now it's been a while since we've done a serial killer <laughs> but this is a lesser known serial killer right and his name is brian dugan brian dugan yep and he's a he's a bad dude
0: he kind of favors uh richard what's the name richard allen chase yeah richard chase the uh sacramento vampire
1: yeah kind of the, some of his younger pictures they sort of resemble a little bit
0: yeah but i think he's not quite well totally two different stories These kind of favor each other in the yeah photo.
1: they kind of kind of resemble
0: i should have looked up that episode number so i could plug it right quick but mm-hmm. oh well it's on there find it
1: <laughs> yeah it's a good one but now brian james dugan he was born on september the 23rd 1956 in nashua new hampshire Okay. And he was the second child of James and Jenny Dugan. Well, uh, her name, his mom's name was Genevieve, but she went by Jenny. Right. And he has one sister and three brothers. And according to all of his siblings, both the parents, James and Jenny, were alcoholics. Mm. Yeah. So him and his. Coming into this world, Dale, he just wasn't, He wasn't too good for him. Right. I was
0: kind of surprised that he had actually uh, siblings after his birth, after this mess.
1: Yeah. But talking about his birth a little bit, I mean, him just coming into the world, it was pretty traumatic because mm-hmm. his mom was in the hospital about to give birth to him. Was she in the hospital? i were they just somewhere? Somewhere. Uh, everything I read, she was somewhere because there was... They was nurse. waiting on a doctor, so I'm
0: assuming they were just maybe doing it in the house or something?
1: There was a nurse and an intern right there. So, oh,
0: well, okay. So, it,
1: some uh, kind of facility. Okay. Yeah. Birth and facility or some kind of something. Gotcha. Yeah, but anyway...
0: Baby plant. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but his mom was there about to give birth, but the doctor was running late. Right. And she was there in labor, about to have Brian... And the nurse was freaking out and didn't know what to do. The intern was freaking out and didn't know what to do. And all this is according to Brian's siblings that the nurse pushed Brian's head back inside of his mother. Yeah.
0: And strapped back, her legs together to keep him from coming out.
1: Pushed him back up into the birth canal. Like, man, toilet plunger and a ratchet strap. Yeah. <laughs> and, t- and, you know, like, like you said, strapped her legs together until the doctor got there. That, yeah, it can't be good. No. And... Some of the you know, re-
0: especially soft spots and stuff. You know, yeah, think
1: about. It. Go ahead. But some of the relatives would later question some of this that it may have caused Brian to have some brain damage. Well, you
0: know, it's very possible. I guess you know. And I guess a couple of things that they really didn't have the money to do a whole bunch of tests and see what was going on. But you know, they said that he would start just smashing his head into the railings on his crib because yep. he had severe headaches trying to yep. get it to stop, and then. Would do it till he vomited.
1: Yeah, I mean it was so severe. I mean, good gracious. And he was taking medication for this until his teen years. Right. So you
0: know, I mean, I know bad headaches can make you vomit, mm-hmm. but smashing your head into the crib rails is not very good.
1: No, it's not. And Brian was also, as he was becoming older, he became a chronic bedwetter. Mm. And his mom would make him lay in the wet sheets. Yeah to try, to, try punish. to punish him for us. yeah which is i mean it's just wrong man
0: yeah it ain't like he's doing it on purpose
1: no and he also became fascinated with fire mm. yeah uh, about around the age of eight him and his brother they were out in the garage playing with some matches and they burned the garage down
0: now before this you know he was playing with fire and his mama using her uh, her punishment wisdom would make him light a match and then hold it to it burn all the way down to his fingers
1: and burn his fingers yeah
0: and try to break him from playing with matches but see how much that did
1: yeah he ended up burning the garage down right man still playing
0: so uh her uh slightly fuzzy look on the phone life here is not
1: working to you yeah and that was about when he was the age of eight so when brian was around the age of 11 they moved from new hampshire to the village of lyle illinois this is in dupage county illinois and during this time brian was getting into all kinds of trouble dale hmm. by the age of 15 he was arrested for burglary and put under court supervision
0: and one of the reason they moved it was to try to make things better for him yeah. you know like try to get him into baseball and normal stuff instead yeah. of burning down houses
1: yeah just get some a different atmosphere and different location just to yeah give him a normal childhood right yeah, it wasn't working. No doubt. Mm-mm. Now, by the time Brian was 13, he had poured gasoline on the family cat. Yeah. And lit it on fire. Yeah, that's... Uh, His brother, Stephen, uh, said that he just laughed about it.
0: I say, saying this is stuff that
1: pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, he he was showing psychotherapy at an early age, man.
0: Yeah, and this is what, two sure. to the three sides of the triangle you're always yeah. talking about? Yeah. hmm
1: McDonald Triad, yeah. Yeah. He's showing these symptoms of a serial killer, no doubt. It's crazy. Yep. And by the time he was 15, he was arrested for burglary and put under court supervision. So he's just all out of control at this time. Right. But later in 1972, Brian's mom had sent him to the store to get some hot dog buns. Right. And on his way to the store, he would got to the store and he was approached by a man in a car. Mm Mm-hmm. And the man in the car asked him if he wanted to make some money. Right, yeah. It's Like a dark blue car or something? Mm-hmm. Pull over and yelled at hey Yeah. Make a couple dollars. But uh, Brian got in the man's car, and he took him to a secluded area. Mm-hmm. And there, he forced Brian to put on some bikini brief underwear, strip naked, and put on some bikini brief underwear and perform oral sex on him.
0: And they said that, uh, that the fellow just kind of watched him for a little bit, and so Brian didn't freak out or nothing. So he, he just,
1: Yeah. Well, took him
0: was... back to the store and gave him $20 for his, for his time.
1: Yeah.
0: I wonder if he got to keep the drawers.
1: Not, I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, he went in and got the hot dog buns and went home. Right. And later, it was claimed that, well, Brian Dugan claimed that after seeing this man later on T V in a nineteen seventy eight arrest, he claimed that it was John Wayne Gacy. Right. And he realized that Gacy was the man from the grocery store.
0: Yeah, and some people say it's probably not true. Some people say it is, but it says basically, you know, it's it's kinda kinda fits his profile, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kinda weird if it is. It's his story. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a lot of this we don't really know, but that was a pretty neat little
1: bit but yeah because um, Brian didn't show any emotion from being assaulted like yet he right. just
0: didn't he's probably thinking about burning down the school
1: yeah and in 1972 the family moved to Batavia. this is a Chicago suburb on the border of DuPage and Kane counties so they moved again hmm. there in Batavia he enrolled in high school. During this time, there was a complaint against him for trespassing, and he was also suspected of a home burglary in Kane County. And they, the court there sent him to Kane County Youth Home in Batavia. Hmm. So he's, he's out of control, and they know it, but it's not lasting too long for him. According to Brian's younger brother, Stephen, when Brian got out of the youth home, this was in nineteen seventy two. He claimed that Brian tried to molest him.
0: Yeah, I think they were they were in both in the bathroom and then he kinda like sexually assaulted him, but he had kinda stopped before it got too too far. Yeah. And he's like kinda said something to the effect, Well, if you were in, in jail, you I couldn't do nothing to help you and you'd have to either uh submit to it or die or something like that, you know, some kinda so it was kinda like thinking, well, somewhere down the road here he's been molested
1: well he told his brother said if you were in prison you'd just be a piece of meat yeah i mean
0: and yeah so basically i guess he was kind of telling him uh secretly where he'd been yeah without telling him where he'd been yeah, yeah. And,
1: and that's when uh, his younger brother stephen pretty much knew that he had been sexually assaulted while he was in that youth home correct yeah that's that's not good at all no well he's crazy and when he was released from the youth home it was Three days after getting out of the youth home, him and a friend, they robbed a Kentucky Fried Chicken of over $4,000. That's a pretty good payday from a chicken collection. Yeah. And the two of them went to Iowa and committed burglaries in Dubuque County. Mm. And the police, they arrested Brian and his friends, and they both confessed. This was in December, actually December 28th of 1972. Yeah, he was 16 by this time. Yeah. And just um, the next year in February, February the 19th, the, there was a break-in at the K.D. Waldo Middle School, and Brian confessed to burglary there. And it was just a couple months later in April of 73, Brian quit high school at yep. the age of 16. So he's just racking all these things up and not trying to get an education or anything, dude.
0: And so far, nothing's happened to him except for went to the youth home.
1: That's it. yeah. Yeah. That anything productive happened to him, but I don't think anything productive happened there. Well, that's some probably some not-so-productive stuff happened to him there, but... Yeah. And it was in 1974, uh, Brian Dugan, he attempted to abduct a 10-year-old girl from a train station in Lyle, Illinois. hmm And charges were brought against him, but later dropped. And in 1975, he had threatened his older sister, Hillary, and he threatened to chop her up and he vandalized her car he kicked out her headlights He don't chop up her son yeah
0: yeah and i'm going well okay good to know you're just gonna hurt the car a little bit but you want to chop up the son that's crazy yeah well he's crazy
1: he had also committed some other crimes he committed a break-in at a place called the twirly top i don't know what that is it just had yeah. it on his record but he had uh, also attacked a young girl in lyle illinois right in 1974 when he was 16 and by the age of 17 uh he was arrested for sniffing paint and resisted arrest by kicking officers
0: Yeah, had he got arrested for two times in aurora for stealing gas and a burglary at a store and then uh but the gasoline theft complaint was dropped due to the fact the witness was a no-show uh-huh. he got probation on the home burglary but so there's another one where he's just getting by and we see this many many times and yep in these cases. Mhm.
1: This is when he fled to California before doing time for the previous charges. And there Brian and his friend served 30 days in jail for petty theft, possession of fireworks and narcotic paraphernalia Yep. and, and possession of a uh, cannabis. He has cannabis. a weed.
0: Yep. So they they fled to California to to not do time to go do time
1: in California. Yeah. <laughs> he real smart. No. And after they were released, Brian and his friends were arrested again for possession of Valium and marijuana, as well as for disorderly conduct. But it's claims in his record that they were not charged. Well, Brian was not charged because he used a fake name. Right. And this was in 74.
0: So, you know, a lot of stuff was like that
1: back then. Yeah. So now, when he was 18 in early 1975, he returned to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And this is when he was living back at home and. He attacked his sister and spent a few days in jail. What the hell is up with him and his sister, dude? I don't know, dude. And he was also, at the age of 18, he was arrested for bringing a hunting knife into a hospital.
0: Well, you never know when you need a knife.
1: Yeah. I mean, they have knives in the operating room, but I think (laughs) it's sort of a different kind of knife.
0: Yeah, I don't think you need a Rambo knife swinging on your side walking through the ER.
1: Yeah, I did that after I'm into the hospital. (laughs) Now, and also in 75, he moved in with his sister, Hillary, in DuPage County.
0: So this is a different
1: one that she keeps... This is the same sister. What? Yeah, he only had one sister. Okay. So in uh, early 1975, he moved in with his sister, Hillary, in DuPage County, town of Villa Park. And also, he set fire to the elementary school. Good God. Yeah, he's racking up some stuff, man.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to tell you.
1: Now, by the time he was 21, this is in January. This is January the 30th of 1977. Brian broke into two churches in Aurora, and he pleaded guilty to the two church burglaries and did six months in jail. When the actual sentence was two to six years. Well, see,
0: and that's crazy because just you know, right before that, when he he was arrested for that elementary school arson, he uh, pled guilty to that too. And a couple of other charges, you know, the burglar and uh, – bur- yeah, whatever. <laughs> Battery assault and uh, criminal damage. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of that was dropped, and he received a sentence of uh, one to three years but served less than seven months on that. Yeah. And then this one, it's just right after. It's not, uh, It's probably. It's less than a year later. He's in trouble again. Give him all his time, and he does just a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, and then right after that, he gets probe.
1: Yeah. Like, like you said earlier, right. if he had – If something had been done to him and him done some time, all this stuff wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah, because he
0: ain't going to slow down.
1: Oh, it's going to get worse. It's ramping up. Yeah. And in uh, September the 30th of 1978, this is when he was 22, he broke into the same high school he broke into in 1975. And the case was a year long. Hmm. And in April of 1979, when he was 22, while the breaking entering, entering case was still happening, Brian was charged with having a 14 year old girl who was a runaway living in his house. And also charged with another Aurora burglary.
0: Mm. He served three years on that. Yes. And then in, at 26, he's paroled again. Yeah. And that's in uh, July of 82.
1: Mm hmm. So in. Uh,
0: so what in the hell? A 14 year old girl living with him. He's 22.
1: Yep. So in 1982, at the age of 26, he was released from the Menard Correctional Center, and later broke parole and went to the Juliet Center.
0: So they're trying to do a little bit here with him.
1: Mm-hmm. And still in is 19- he learning anything? No, he ain't. He's not learning anything because later in 1982, he attacked a woman in Aurora, and woman got away. Right. Charges were dropped when his brother Stephen gave him an alibi.
0: Yep. Gave him a fake alibi. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm going to molest you, but I'm going to give you an alibi. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, on February the 25th, 1983, 10-year-old Janine Nicarico, she was born on July 7th, 1972. She was abducted in broad daylight from her home in Naperville, Illinois.
0: Yeah, I think uh, this time was Brian was uh, driving around by now, and he was looking for places to rob so he could go buy his drugs. Mm-hmm. And uh, he happened around this house. It was kind of out. You know, and he he looked like nobody was home, so he walked up and to peep in the window, and he said, uh, "That's when he seen Janine sitting on a couch by herself, eating some ice cream, eating some ice cream." Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she was home with the flu, like I said, and uh, or did you say?
1: Yeah, she was home from yeah. the flu.
0: And uh, so he's like, he kind of freaked him out, and he didn't really want to go back to jail, and he didn't want to get caught, so then he started to uh, to walk off, and then uh, let's see, that's when he says that uh, he felt uh this feeling come over that this was the time to ratchet it up even more Mm
1: -hmm. yeah like like dale said janine was at home with the flu and both of her parents worked and her mom just she didn't work far away i think she worked at a school like secretary or something at a school i think that's what she did okay and her mom actually came home at lunchtime and made her some lunch and went back to work yeah so that's got to be tough right so anyway brian he sees her in the house like you said and that that feeling came over him
0: yeah and he ended up kicking the door
1: in yeah and she freaked out oh yeah yeah and he grabbed her up and wrapped her up in a sheet yep and drug her out of the house yep and she was she managed to get her arm out of the sheet and
0: she's fighting trying to grab anything she could yeah ended up leaving uh fingernail marks down the wall
1: god dog can you imagine Mm, i cannot Mm mm-mm but he ended up taking uh, Janine to the uh the Illinois Prairie Path. This is near Yola Road, there just right outside of uh, Chicago, Illinois. Hmm. And there she was raped and sodomized before he killed her. And he just left her, covered her with some branches.
0: Mm-hmm. Crazy.
1: Mhm. Now in Janine's murder, Brian was not initially a suspect. The DuPage County authorities Uh, they charged three men from aurora their names were rolando cruz alejandro hernandez and stephen buckley with the crime but buckley's trial ended in a hung jury but cruz and hernandez were sentenced to death in 1985
0: yeah there was a ten thousand dollar reward being offered you know by the police and these guys yeah they figured they might could get up in there and give them a little information and try to get the reward Mm -hmm. but uh I guess that's what happens when you go up in there, giving them false information. You turn around and think, you're the one who did it, and you, that's why they got arrested.
1: Yeah, they were arrested and convicted to death. Yeah. And Brian Dugan was still out there committing crimes. Yeah. That's that's crazy, man. Yeah,
0: put these guys in prison. Mm-hmm. It was like a really speedy trial and everything. I guess they're just trying to close down a case, you know. And mm-hmm. so there's another misstep by the authority.
1: Yeah. But the jury was deadlocked, like we said, on Buckley, and he was not retried. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Now, we're just going to skip a little bit ahead to July 15th, 1984. This is when uh, Brian Dugan, he notices uh, a woman driving at night. Her name was Donna Schnorr. She was a 27-year-old nurse from Geneva, Illinois. Mm -hmm. She was in her car at a stoplight, and she was, like I said, she was coming home from a party, but she had a, there was a guy that was following her.
0: Yeah, to make sure she got home okay. Yeah, he was just a friend. Yeah.
1: And... When she got close to her apartment, he turned and went. I guess to go home or whatever. Yeah, I
0: think it was the last intersection. It was. It turned to go to his house, so they. He figured she was fairly close, so she he turned and go home.
1: Yep, but then Brian got behind her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he ran her off the road with his car.
0: Yeah, he pulled up side he kind of sideswiped her and ran her off the road.
1: Yeah, this was a pretty desolate area. I've yeah. seen pictures of this area. It's pretty desolate.
0: Yeah couple mile stretch there
1: mm-hmm. and she I guess in the position there in her car she was trying to get out because he had his car up against the driver's door and she was trying to get out of the passenger mm-hmm. door
0: I think after he sideswiped her car and run her off in the ditch then he pulled up in behind her car and put the front end the, the rear end of her car so when she tried to, to back up out from where she was she couldn't she was trapped mm-hmm. and so she was trying to escape by get out the passenger side but she couldn't get out and he went around and grabbed her and put her in his car
1: yeah that's when he tied her up mm-hmm. and then he went back to her car and wiped down all of his fingerprints and stuff right so nothing would be no trace of him there and that's when he walked her down in the woods to a quarry it was like a it's like a fishing hole quarry Yeah, it,
0: it was a flooded an old flooded quarry you yeah know, i think he, he wanted to take her to wisconsin but it, by the time he just didn't have time to go where he wanted because the sun was coming up soon so he knew this. He went to this uh, flooded quarry. Mm-hmm. And took her down there. Yeah, he took
1: her down there and raped her and then killed her. Yep. Drowned mm-hmm. yeah. her. Yep. And then he just, uh, after he got done at what he had to do, he just sat there.
0: He pulled her back back out of the water and sat there with her for about 20 minutes.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, freaky people. It's like, you know, I've heard it, it's like coming off a high. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, he just got in his car and started to leave. But as he was leaving, there was a car coming in. With uh, a couple young guys that were going fishing, so he said that he just turned on his bright lights to blind them and just
1: kept driving. And so then, they couldn't recognize him, I guess.
0: Yeah, and then he went and uh, ditched his car, and then later called it and stolen. So he got mm-hmm. rid of
1: that car. That was an Impala. Wasn't it was. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was on a early Sunday morning, and she was um, supposed to have went to church that morning, and her parents were at church, and they noticed that she didn't come into church. Right. And when they got home, the police were there waiting on them yeah and said uh, her body had been found there at that quarry
0: yep them kids found it mm-hmm. but it's pretty that's pretty quick police work to figure out where her parents live and mm-hmm. who she is and especially if she didn't have any idea on her you know unless they found her car pretty quick after mm-hmm. he left in the ditch
1: yeah all right now after brian had killed donna snore this was the nurse that he ran off the road he abducts and rapes a 21 year old female
0: right now this is may of the next year
1: yeah but he ends up letting her go. Yeah,
0: I guess, you know, after he did what he did, and she didn't kind of freak out, I guess, and stuff. I wonder if he did kind of like a flashback of when he was uh, supposedly with Gacy, you know. And
1: yeah, could have been.
0: He, you know, and he's like, well, he just let her go.
1: Yeah, she didn't show any emotion or anything. Right, like she wasn't flipping
0: out. But mm-hmm. I think she got his tag number, but he didn't know it yeah. at this time, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But the, the police didn't check on it or anything until later. No way later. Yep. Yeah. And just a day later, on May the 29th, Brian kidnaps and rapes a 16-year-old girl, Mm. and he gives her his name, and the girl is too frightened to report the incident until some time has passed by. And then she can only remember his first name and his last initial.
0: I'm sure she was traumatized. She's not trying to remember a whole lot of nothing. Mm -mm.
1: No. Now we're going to move to June the 2nd of 1985. This is when uh, two little girls were riding their bicycles their names were melissa ackerman she was eight years old and her friend opal and they were in sumanock illinois mm-hmm. when they were confronted by brian dugan he just happened to be going down the road and saw them yeah, riding their he, bikes
0: he was doing his like a little bur- burglary tour i'll yeah, mm-hmm. get to that soon you <laughs> know uh, he just happened to come up on them like he said and then uh i think he drove by them and then i think he started thinking so he uh reached over in the you know in the old cars how they had to pull up locks he mm-hmm. un- took the knobs off of, of all the locks okay all right so then he turned around and went back and pulled over and the two girls had stopped riding when the car came. you know pull over to the ditch you know how you do let the yeah. car go by but he stopped and then he got out and was going to ask them some directions yeah And uh the girls started talking to him and then he acted like he couldn't really hear them that well, so he would come a little closer and come a little closer, and then finally he just reached out and grabbed a hold of Opal.
1: Yeah, and put her in the back of his, his gremlin. His gremlin. Yeah, he had a gremlin. But he put Opal in the in the gremlin. Right. And then he went back to get Melissa. And this is when Melissa was screaming and hollering at Opal yeah. to get out, to yep. get out.
0: And she tried the doors, but no, the locks were locked, and she couldn't pull the locks up because the knobs were gone. So Melissa goes, no, go through the window. Go through the window because the window would have been left down.
1: Mm-hmm. So she dove out the window. And run across the field and hid in a tractor tire.
0: Right. Meanwhile, while she was diving out the window, he was grabbing Melissa and dragging her back by the ankle to the car and mm-hmm. threw her in the car.
1: Yep. And he drove off.
0: So you think about it, she kind of gave herself up to save her friend. Yeah. Pretty much. He didn't want to go after her again because he knew he had to get out of there, running out of time with, you know, people coming or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said he just jumped in the car, and then they started driving off, and then Opal kind of peeped up over the tire, and all he could see was Melissa looking back at him from the back window.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Can you imagine? No. mm I'm
0: sure it bothers her to this day.
1: But Opal did manage to escape, but Dugan overpowered Melissa, and oh, he man. raped and killed melissa ackerman yeah and he drowned her in a creek it yep. was about 15 miles away yeah but her body wasn't found for several weeks Yeah, it took a while
0: mm-hmm. i think they he had drowned her and put her left her in the creek and then stacked rocks on top of her
1: mm-hmm. that's probably what took a while
0: yeah because um the place that where the body was found was searched two or three times before but they just never
1: found M-hmm now he would left the scene and he was headed back Mm-hmm. And he noticed a corrections officer or some kind of police officer behind him. Yeah, it was
0: a, a, a county police officer, whatever yeah. county he was in, yeah. It
1: was following him. And he just pulled into a, like a service station, handy Mart type yeah. store and went in the store. But the the cop pulled in, too. And he went in the store just messing around a little bit. I guess he kept looking out, see if the cop was still there. And he bought a drink and, I guess, some snacks and stuff and went back out and the, he was still there. Yeah, the cop was still there and noticed that his uh, license plate was out.
0: Yeah, he was kind of coming out. And you know how he was all freaking out, going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. He goes, well, is anything, what's wrong, officer? He goes, your, your tag's dead here, buddy.
1: And he's like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course, just being in the 80s, you know, he asked for his license and then he's about to flip out and because his license was not valid. So he ended up handing him his fishing license and somehow or another getting by with that. That's why he was looking at the license that came over the radio that they were looking for this girl who had been abducted in a, a small blue car.
1: The girl that he just abducted.
0: Yeah. So they was he said the officer looked into his car, didn't see anything, and then wrote his name down and then took off to go help him search, not realizing he just let her the killer go. He yeah. Had, he had him right there.
1: Yeah, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went home and got cleaned up. Yeah, cause, well, because it was got
0: pretty, yeah. uh, what would you say, a pretty messy murder yeah. with uh, the mud and all, all over from where he had been at the creek.
1: Mm-hmm. The day following Melissa Ackerman's murder, Brian Dugan was arrested at his job. Yep. He came to the attention of a police officer from the store, and the police officer from the neighboring town of Samok reported encountering Brian about the out-of-date uh, license plate on right. his car
0: yeah opal horton had a, had been able to give them a full description of Dugan's vehicle mm-hmm. and then when they were talking about it he realized the vehicle yeah it's crazy
1: yep and brian dugan was charged with her murder when police were able to link him to the crime mm-hmm. through physical evidence found on brian dugan's belongings because they matched ended up matching the mud or dirt from the crime scene to what was in his
0: yeah, they've matched the dirt from the creek to dirt that was found in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some in the car, too, because, you know, he's covered in it when you see him at the store.
1: Yeah. But they had him. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: They had him twice, really.
1: Yeah. had him several times. But like we said, Brian Dugan was not initially a suspect in Janine Nicarico's murder. Mm-mm. The the very first one.
0: Right. The one of those two fellas were arrested or put uh, on death row for.
1: Mm hmm. But in 1985, he gave an unofficial confession to the crime but wanted to avoid the death penalty in that case. And prosecutors rejected his demand, so Dugan refused to make an official confession. But he would later claim that he made his confession in order to take responsibility for the crime. Uh, Clear Rolando Cruz and Alejandro Hernandez. Yeah. Although Cruz had stated that he believes that Dugan's motives were self-serving and that he had nothing to do with the truth.
0: Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. How they're just trying to cover their ass now.
1: Yeah. Both Cruz and Hernandez were eventually exonerated of the crime after much of the evidence and testimony against them was discredited. Now, get this. In 1999, uh, seven DuPage County law enforcement officials were tried but acquitted of conspiring to frame Orlando Cruz. And eventually, prosecutors were able to link Dugan to Nakarko's murder through DNA testing. Hmm. Well, that's what they get. Yeah, but um, I mean,
0: these f- kids—they spent oh, what twelve years in prison. Yeah, on death for, over, and, for a crime they didn't even do. Yeah, just because they was trying to get some quick money.
1: But uh, Brian Dugan was put on the uh, death penalty. He was given the death penalty for this,
0: right? And I, I believe, if I'm not wrong, when even when he uh, admitted to doing it and they came in there to saying, you know, he had did it. They'd been in there for two years then, and Mm -hmm. then they's like, nah, and they still stayed for 12 more years before it ever got overturned. Mm
1: hmm
0: I mean, uh, 10 more years. It's making it 12 total, I think. Yeah. So that's just shitty. Mm hmm Hope they got some money out of that. At least they should give them however much the reward was.
1: You'd think, yeah. (laughs) But this caused the Illinois state governor to do some work on the capital punishment. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, because of this conviction and this wrongful conviction of Rolando Cruz, the death penalty was abolished in Illinois. yeah, Because of this, because them boys could have been put to death right. for a crime they didn't commit.
0: And then uh, they did get some money. Cruz, Hernandez, and Buckley reached a three point five million civil uh, million dollar civil settlement with mm. uh, DuPage County for their wrongful prosecution on uh, in uh, tw- in two thousand. Yeah and then uh in 2002 governor George Ryan granted Cruz a pardon and then on 2005 uh Dugan was indicted for Nicarico's murder so it took that long for them to go ahead and go okay well he probably did it you know so on uh, July 22nd 2009 Dugan pled guilty to the kidnapping rape and murder of uh, of Janine and then on uh, November 11th 2009 Dugan was sentenced to death yeah but then I guess it's uh it was overturned. They, they, yeah, they changed it, I guess, because mm-hmm. they, they switched it over. But, you know, usually I'm pretty – if everything's cut and dry, I'm pretty for the death penalty if, if it's if need be. But I can definitely see here why they would want to, to abolish it here. Yeah. Just because those two kids almost got um, – Well, they rushed their trial. Yeah, they spit it through, trying mm-hmm. to cover their own ass.
1: Yeah. But Brian Dugan, he began serving his life sentence in the Pontiac Correctional Facility on November the 25th of 1985. And during his incarceration, he was stabbed 30 times while there. So mm-hmm. He's been in some fights and all kinds of things going on.
0: That sounds
1: nice. Yeah, really does. But that's where he's at today.
0: They probably should do that to him every day.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, this dude's a kid killer. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, they're all bad, but damn, these these kid killers, man. I mean, and he had... He had tried to kidnap and rape and do so so much stuff before any of this, before he even got to murder. And mm-hmm. it just pisses me off that he just kept getting off with slap on the hand, slap on the hand, slap on the hand. And I know we talked about it earlier, why, you know, why do we think it was like that? But that's before I realized that they had moved and moved around so much. So maybe a lot of that didn't get stacked on, you know, it was just more of a, you know, he did this and, okay, we'll let him go. Don't, probably didn't have very good records back then it mm. went from county to county or state to state
1: yeah but just a little bit more background on brian his mama once said she told fbi agents that she didn't think her son was capable of anything beyond thievery but his brothers and sisters suggested otherwise in their interviews uh his sister hillary and his brother stephen they were the closest to brian's age both said they thought he could have killed Melissa Ackerman. Mm. And if he did, his sister said he should get the death penalty.
0: Yeah. Well, he got two life sentences plus 215 years, so mm. I don't think he's going to do much more.
1: And his siblings said there was no lost love between them, especially after Brian Dugan in 1975 both busted the headlights for a car <laughs> and threatened to kill and chop up her son. Chop up her son. Yeah. So she and,
0: and I'm sure then she was like, yeah, whatever. And then later on, she was like, holy shit, that could have really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, at any time. Yeah. He is that crazy.
1: But they, they cut him off. And it was many times that Brian's mom would bail him out. And there was no much of a thank you or anything mm. for any of that. He just he just got out and went on uh, committing crimes and doing what he wanted to do. We
0: didn't need to say she bailed him out so many times they just banned her from bailing him out or something. Yeah. <laughs> so she tried. Mama tried.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Brian is still incarcerated and he will never get out
0: that's a good thing
1: and his brother Stephen, that was closest in age to him the one he tried to molest when they were kids he sort of separated himself from brian he uh, went on joined the military got married and had a family so he took the right path right Mm
0: -hmm. you think he's really going to molest him here he's just showing him kind of what what's like you you gotta take care of yourself
1: i don't know i think something went off in his head he was going to molest him then it something went off again and said maybe he shouldn't do that right i believe he would have, i believe he would have done it
0: he may have you know he, he self-said he was like a jack on hide stuff happens and he just triggers it
1: something triggers and he just wants to do bad things yeah but anyway that is the case of brian dugan serial killer from illinois
0: brian james dugan yep
1: but yeah like you said earlier <laughs> if he would have if he would have been locked up for some of these earlier crimes none of these later crimes would happen yeah he had plenty of time stacked up there you go back and look at that list some of them girls would well probably them three girls still be alive today Mm -hmm. yeah but i know this first victim uh janine the her family every year they hold a 5k race there in their hometown and they have thousands of people show up to participate and all the money goes to uh janine the scholarship foundation okay yeah Pretty cool, pretty cool deal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but they're all out there, and, you know, keeping her memory alive and something for her.
0: Yeah, that's definitely good because, you know, everybody talks about the killer, and sometimes the victims get
1: they do get left behind. pushed to the side,
0: and that's not yeah. fair.
1: Yeah, people get fascinated with the killers, and the victims are need to be remembered. They're more the more. real story, truthfully. They really are. But anyway, that is the case of Brian James Dugan. All right, Dale, we are going to get out of here. All righty, then. We want everyone to be safe. Be careful and always be aware of your surroundings.
0: Because the next episode could be about you.
1: This is the the Crack Crack House House Chronicles.